All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscri- subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug? And if are you got them, them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are gonna be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. great. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And today we're going to be talking about filling out your wish list for 2024. I'm super excited about this. This is part of our five-part series on goal achievement, but this is where it gets fun. I can't wait to do this. First of all, there's nothing I like thinking about more than the future. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a cop-out? No, but I think I'm I'm much the same way. You know, is futuristic in your top five strings? Uh, It's my number one. No, it's not. I think so. Really? Yeah, I can't remember because I just retook it, but I think it's in my top five still. Strategy is now number one, but I think futuristic's in there. Regardless, we're going to be talking about the future. Yes. And that's exciting. We wanted to to help our listeners close out 2023, get a jump on 2024, and basically awaken a fresh desire. What is it that you want for 2024? I just recently had a church group over to my house, and one of the questions I asked them because we always do the one conversation rule, salon style yeah. conversation. So I just asked him, I said, how is 2024 going to be different and especially better than better than 2023? Mm. And that was so fun. For a lot of people, that was a brand new idea, you know, that it could actually be different. Yeah. But it can be different. Whatever you're struggling with this year, whatever you're frustrated by, if you could wave a magic wand and have that be different next year, that could be a candidate for a goal or two. Well, I really like making time to let this stuff marinate before you set your goals. So at the time that you're listening to this, you know, you've got a little bit of time before the new year kicks off and you kind of got to have your list of goals and ready to march into the future. You can give yourself that space to think it through. And in my experience, If you just go right into the exercise of setting goals and you haven't given it any thought, 
you haven't been marinating kind of in that space of desire for a little bit of time, then you can choose goals that in the end, you, you know, you don't really care about that much. They're not well examined. So this process is designed to help you dig deep, really examine what matters to you now, because that changes over time. So that when you go to set your goals, they're coming from an informed place that really resonates with you. There's a lot of congruence between who you are and what you want and what you're pursuing in terms of goals in okay. the new year. Okay. I want to just uh, insert a pro tip. Pro tip. Get yourself a yellow legal pad or open up a new page in Evernote, you know, a new note or a new note in notes or whatever you like to take notes in. And just a scratch pad where you can start dumping as you think of them. I have a page in Notion where I do this, where I'm adding candidates for goals for 2024. So I'm just kind of, it's kind of like going shopping for clothing. You know, these are the, these are the clothes that I want to take into the dressing room and see what fits. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that's a good thing to be doing between now and the time you actually officially set goals. Okay. When you do that, do you worry about how many you have on that list? Nope. I may end up with 20 or 25, 30, because I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to call through that. Just like when you go into the dressing room, I'm going to take more clothes in there than I intend to buy because I want to make sure what fits, what looks good on me, all the rest. That's helpful. Yeah. Good metaphor. Yeah. You know, just as a reminder, the theme of this season is all things new year possibilities. What do you want in the next year and how can we help you accomplish that? And so we've been doing episodes leading up to today. So we did uh, a couple weeks ago, we did going further by giving thanks and just the relationship of gratitude and achievement. I think that is so critically important. Last week, we talked about rescuing your 2023 goals, that it's not too late, even at this late date of the year, to make meaningful progress toward the goals that you set at the beginning of the year. Today, we're going to be talking about filling out your wish list for the new year, which I can't wait to talk about. And then next week, we're going to be talking about choosing habit or achievement goals. This is something that people get kind of tripped up on. You know, when does it make sense to set Uh, If you're thinking about fitness, for example, um, you know, a goal around how often you want to work out versus some outcome, you know, finishing a race or uh, a weight loss goal or lowering your blood pressure. I don't know, something like that. And so we're going to be really digging into that. How do you know what's the best way to set goals in each of the categories? Perfect. And then the last one is we're going to be talking about how do you jump into the new year with confidence? So regardless of what you did or did not accomplish in this year, how do you think about the new year so that your mindset is in the right place to just get off the block quickly and make progress right out of the gate? Excellent. Okay, so 2024 isn't here yet. It's a blank canvas. That's how I like to think about it. Nothing's been painted on it. You can paint anything you want. But therein kind of lies the problem because a lot of us feel like there's too many possibilities. We don't know what to paint. In fact, I would say that one of the biggest challenges I have in my coaching practice with clients is getting them to the point where they're clear on what they want. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't know what they want. And some people have a hard time getting to that. And we're going to give you some handles for kind of excavating that out of your own heart and trying to figure out what you want. Because Until you're clear about what you want, you really can't set any goals. You got to have clarity about a future state that you really want. 
And that's part of what we're going to do in this episode. Okay. So I have a question for you. This is not on our, uh, our script here at all, but it just made me think about something that I bet a lot of you guys struggle with or have at least in the past struggled with. I was having a conversation with one of our kids the other day and um, he said to me, I just don't feel like I know what I want. And I think that that's because like all of us, he's had some setbacks. And one of the things that I find when I'm talking to people, when I'm coaching is that your past failures, your past setbacks immediately start to replay like a highlight reel in your brain. When you start thinking about what do you want in the future and it can really shut you down from thinking about possibilities. So how do you overcome that when, you know, you're, you're getting ready to dig into these questions? It's almost inevitable that that little voice in your head is going to, you know, pop up and start saying things like, yeah, but remember last time you tried that and it was embarrassing because you didn't accomplish it or nothing ever came of it or whatever, you know, kind of your repeating line is. So what do we do about that? Well, I think we have to to kind of change our relationship with failure so that we can't see it as final, but as something that's giving us really important feedback. Mm. And here's a good example. You know, one of the reasons we have kids do a lot of different activities, whether it's play football or, you know, get involved in theater or learn an instrument or whatever it is, is because we often have to try a lot of things to find out what really resonates with us and what we may have some natural ability for. And that's fine. You know, if I, if I try, for example, guitar and it just doesn't resonate with me and I don't like it, no problem. That's just a point of information mm-hmm. that'll allow me to move to the next step. So I think we've got a process failure. John Maxwell says, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Mm. Okay, so that's a way different premise than sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But you, if you can take it outside the frame of winning and losing and put it inside the frame of growing or feedback, then they're both headed in the same direction. Mm. So the loss can serve as well as the win. In fact, I would say that that usually we lose more when we don't quite achieve our goals than when we actually achieve it. Because mm. it forces us to deconstruct it and figure out what went wrong, how can I improve it next time? It's true. Nobody wants that to happen. But when we look back at our yeah. life and we say, where did we grow the most? It's usually from our failures, not yeah. our successes. It's true. Yeah. Okay, that's helpful. You know, the other thing that can happen when we start asking these questions about what we want is that the answers can almost come up too easily. And the reason for that is because they're not actually our authentic answers. They're not coming from our heart. They're basically coming from what's socially expected or what's being sort of fed to us in whatever our you know circles of, of influence are. So we don't end up being able to naturally or easily connect with our own desires for what we want in our life, or really connecting to what we should want mm-hmm. in different categories. You know, this happens sometimes in families where maybe um, you had a multi-generational tradition of some branch of the military serving in some branch of the military, and maybe you're an artistic kid but there's an expectation that you're going to follow in your grandfather and your great grandfather and your dad's footsteps and go be a, you know, naval Marine. officers or Marine or something like yeah. that. Well, that obviously, even if you accomplish that goal, you're going to be totally unsatisfied by it because what you really want to do is to be a sculptor. It's kind of the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. Right. 
you know, there's these socially imposed motivations or oughts, things we ought to do. But uh, we got to be careful with that. Luke Burgess calls these thin desires. They're not only mediated by those around us, they don't really have any substance. I think it's a good term, thin desires. As a result, they don't have the power to motivate real achievement or satisfaction over the long run. And for that, we need what Burgess calls thick desires, or I would call them intrinsic desires, something that bubbles up from within, something that really matters to us. It may not be important to anybody else, but it's something that matters to us. Those are the things that are going to provide the stick to and the ability to persevere to accomplish the goal. If it's just for somebody else, easy to give up on. Well, it's just something that's important to keep in mind as you're considering these questions, because if you either come up with a really easy answer that sounds a whole lot like somebody you work with, somebody you're married to, somebody that's in your family or you know your church or whatever, just be aware of that and just interrogate it a little bit. Conversely, if nothing comes up right away, that may because be because this is a new exercise for you to really tap into what you want. And that's normal. It's okay. You're not doing anything wrong if it takes a little while for something to bubble up. Sometimes we just have to sit with these things, kind of back to that point I made earlier at the beginning of the episode. This is valuable to do in advance of setting your goals so that you have time for your heart and your mind to let these things loose so that you can ultimately capture them and, and pursue them in the new year. It, it sounds kind of crazy, but you've got to set time aside to think. Yeah. And to reflect and to excavate. And you just can't, you know, there's not just going to slap some ideas together at the last minute, but this is why I like this exercise. And today we've got 10 questions to help you define what you desire for 2024. Mm. And these are some great questions. So question number one, what makes you feel most truly like yourself? Ooh. It's, it's kind of a question about internal alignment or yeah. integrity, but what makes you feel most like yourself? You know, I think when I feel the most truly like myself, it's when I'm intentionally engaging beauty in some way. Hmm. And for me, that looks like being in nature. It looks like traveling and experiencing beautiful architecture, design, natural landscapes, often different than my own. Um, and I think this is one of those things that is rarely urgent, but is very important for my soul, for my it's sense so good. of well-being. Yeah. And for me, I think it's something that gives me the opportunity to learn. Yeah. Like uh, when I retook the strengths finder test again, learner popped up at number five. I don't know where it was before. Huh. It's probably pretty high previously, yeah. but I just love learning new stuff. You really do. And, and when I do that, when I'm like probably for you with beauty, but when I'm learning new stuff, then time seems to disappear. It becomes effortless and I just, I'm totally absorbed in it. So as you're thinking about this next year and you're thinking about what you want for 2024, what makes you feel most truly like yourself? I'm not asking you, but asking all the listeners, what is it that makes you feel most truly like yourself? That's going to be different for everybody, but that's going to be authentic and core to who you are. By the way, one of the fun things you can do if you have a spouse and you have a, a good relationship with that person, or you have a best friend, or maybe even a therapist, 
these are questions that you could ask for their input on as well to just mm. kind of check yourself mm-hmm. because sometimes other people, people who really care about us, people who we have alignment with on our values, sometimes they see things in us that we don't see for ourselves. And so if you get kind of stuck on a question, that's a little hack as you can pull somebody in that you really trust. Well, little known fact, maybe not so much. If you're an Enneagram three, like I am, it's sometimes to, hard to get to this. Because we kind of process everything through the filter of how is this going to appear to others? Yeah. And that's not helpful in this exercise. You've got to forget all that and get down to what do I really want? Not what does everybody else expect Mm -hmm. and how can I perform to their level of expectation? But what is it that I really want for myself? Which brings us to question number two, what fulfills you? Not what fulfills what you think your parents want or what you think your spouse wants or your boss wants, but what fulfills you? Mm -hmm. Can you think of something off the top of your head work related? Well, what I was going to say, I think my answer, this is big picture, but is creating. Mm -hmm. I like making new things. So that could be trying a new recipe. That's obviously not work related. We do not have a food branch of full focus. (laughs) Not yet. Maybe someday that, that might be very unfocused for us to pursue. Um, but creating is really important to me and improving things is really important to me. Those are both really fulfilling. Um, and so when I think about designing products or processes, even that enable us to realize our mission in a more meaningful, powerful way, that's really fulfilling to me. Mm -hmm. Um, what's not fulfilling is, solving problems that don't have anything to do with that. And that's probably the hardest part of, of what I do is sometimes, you know, there can be just a lot of just operational kind of things. And that's draining to me, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to like, there's this really generative work of creating something that ultimately is going to cause thriving for other people. I think for me, it's, um, a sense of contribution. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's something yeah. where I feel like I'm making a contribution to somebody else's life, and particularly if they verbalize it, that's very fulfilling to me. Yes. And I think that's partly because I, as an Enneagram 3, I have a two wing, which is the helper. And I really do like helping. Now, not always in the way that some, some people would like. <laughs> Are you referring to something in particular here? <laughs> or something behind that statement. Well, some of my family might say, well, you're not that helpful. But I'm trying to be helpful in a way that's meaningful to hey, me. Hey, I, I need your help on a keynote project later. So I know you're going to be really helpful on that because you're amazing at keynote. I am good at keynote. Okay, third question. What activity or relationship makes you excited about an upcoming day? That's a great question. Oh. Well, for me, it would basically be Joel. Anything with Joel. Really? Yeah. Now, are you saying that because he's in the room? Nope. And by the way, we should give credit to where credit's due. Uh, Joel came up with these questions. Yes. So these are fantastic. I'm winking at him. Joel and I have a trip coming up to Charleston. It's actually a business trip, and we're going to stay an extra day. And we'll just kind of tool around Charleston and probably find some old bookstores if I know Joel, probably some cemeteries if I know Joel, probably some great restaurants if I know myself. Cemeteries? I know it's listen, wow. we'll have to get that man a mic and have him explain it. I don't know. Maybe that fulfills him in some way, but you man, know, to each his own. Yeah. It's never boring. Um, but I'm really looking forward 
to that day just being together because I love I love the familiarity and the connection and the intimacy that we have in our relationship, but I love that as the backdrop for doing something fun and new together. You know, I at the risk of sounding like a copycat, I feel the same way with Gail. You know, I just am so, so thankful for her. And we've been married for 45 years now. And I feel myself like I'm very blessed to be able to say that there's nobody I look forward to spending time with than her. That's awesome. And if I can think of it, you know, a day when we're going to be together or like this last week, you know, we spent because we were on vacation the whole time together. I was just so grateful. Mm -hmm. That so resonates with me. But it's a good question. It is. Because it's probably something you want more of for 2024. You know, how can I make more time for the people that really are important to me? And I think that the challenge of that is it may mean you're going to make less time for the people that don't make that list. Yeah. The truth is you have limited resources, limited time. You can't spend time with everybody. And um, Gail and I keep having this ongoing conversation because it's really easy to spend time or to give time to sort of random people where it's a one-off. Yeah. You know, the person that just says, hey, can I have coffee with you? And it's like a one-off meeting and, and you'd, you'd like to be able to do that. But every time you say yes to that, you're saying no to something more important and probably to these people that we should be connected with. And so I think part of what I want for 2024, and my friend Chandler did this, identify like who are the top people that are going to be in my inner circle that if they text me, I'm going to answer them as soon as I can, mm-hmm. immediate if not, you know, in the next hour or so. Um, and then, you know, who are the people who I'm always going to take their phone calls, people I'm always going to get back to, and everybody else kind of optional. Yeah. And I think that one of the hardest things for me to come to terms with, because we get all of us get in, inbound requests every day, whether it's email or voicemail or whatever, but just because somebody sends you a message doesn't obligate you to reply. Mm. Wow. I feel like that's a whole episode. <laughs> that, that's a whole episode. But just because I, I send over the volleyball net, you know, a serve doesn't mean you have to return it. Yeah. And when some random person sends a request. I mean, my favorite, and I get these maybe once a month or so. Somebody that knew me from the distant past who I can barely remember wants to come in and they, they want something from me. And so they want to get together. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be a one-off. And you know, in a perfect world, I'd had unlimited time and I could spend time getting reacquainted and all that. But I, I figured out this week, I have 22 people in my immediate family <laughs> that live within 30 minutes of me. That's so crazy. My immediate family, that could be a full-time job. I mean, we're almost to the point where we need name tags. <laughs> well, maybe not that. Once we get to great-grandkids, for sure. Yeah, for sure. The name tags come out. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend if you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past, but I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the full focus goal setting course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. 
Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer so deal. So it's a killer deal. It's a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, but definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or um, you know whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You can do this from the comfort of your own home. And we'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you yeah. if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. The next question is, what themes emerge from your most important life experiences? Yeah, that's that's one that's um, worth thinking through. What are the things that keep coming up? And maybe if they're positive, I want more of that in my life. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they're negative, I want less of that in my life. And both of those can be handled as we look forward to 2024 and begin to set goals. Like one of the things that I think of is that my best moments involve people that I love and no technology with the exception of, I would say football and the great British baking show, two things that I share with my middle boys. We have one football net and we have one kid that really likes to watch the great British baking show. And those are kind of like traditions that are very relationship oriented, but they're not like, not around devices. They're not, um, I don't know. I, I think those are the exception. Otherwise it's like when we're at the lake together, hanging out, you know, doing stuff or the beach walking. Like we just got back not too long ago from our fall beach trip. And I, one of my favorite memories from that trip was walking on the beach as a family first thing in the morning. And the kids are like kind of complaining about it, but they kind of love it, you know, and I'm definitely loving it. I just could walk on the beach forever, but I love that. And those are really special moments. Yeah. So people without technology for the most part. Well, it's interesting you said that. I I think similar to that, I want more time in my life that's extended time with people I love mm-hmm. where it's not just transactional. Like one of the things I, I try to do with each of my five daughters, and Megan, you know this, but I try to get with each daughter every week for lunch on a rotating basis. Now you're a little bit different because we work together and I see you, I'd like to say every week, but- Sometimes life interferes and we don't get together every week. But we typically have a standing lunch meeting mm-hmm. on Mondays. But that's different than when we're sitting at the lake and we're drinking coffee together, watching the sun come up, and we've literally got hours to talk. Yeah. I I just that just quenches a deep thirst in my soul. Mm-hmm. And I want more of that. Okay, next question. Which of your strengths, interests, and abilities might matter for your future. Hmm. I don't have a good answer to this right now. Worth pondering. Yeah. That's a great question though. You know, I, I, I know when I got into personal coaching and I just do a very limited amount of this is basically one day a week and I have about 10 personal coaching clients. But when I got into it on the front end, I didn't know if it was a strength. 
I just felt like it was going to be important research, what I would learn from those interactions. Mm -hmm. But now I really feel like it's become a strength that I love coaching. In fact, I would say it's my number one favorite thing to do. And so as I look forward to 2024, I really can't afford to take more time, but how could I become a better coach? Are there any skills that I could acquire, mm -hmm. any knowledge I could acquire, anything that would me, make me more effective as a coach? Mm -hmm. So that's something I really want to invest in because it's a strength. And one of the things I learned from Marcus Buckingham, who wrote uh, all the books related to, or many of the books related to strengths-based strength, strengths leadership. Easy for that me is to say. hard to say. It is is uh, that you're you're far better served to focus on your strengths and your weaknesses because you yeah. can only make marginal improvement on your weaknesses, but you can make huge strides in your strengths because you're already strong there. Mm -hmm. So I want to I do more of that in 2024. Yeah, that's a good one. I agree with you on that because I also am coaching and I love that and I just want to get better at it. Partly because the people that I'm coaching – I care so much about. I mean, I think it's one really of the fun true. things about being a coach is that you become very invested in the success of your clients and mm -hmm. you want to do whatever you can to help them remove the roadblocks that they encounter and achieve their potential and all that. And it's just so rewarding. So is. Okay. Question number six, what inspires you? Mm. And again, it's just a, you know, we could go on for hours on this, but for everybody, it's going to be a different answer. Yep. But again, we're just trying to, to awaken desire. What inspires you? Yep. Is there something that, that inspires you that you want more of in 2024? I think novelty. Oh, that's interesting. That's a broad category. Well, I'm thinking specifically about travel. And I'm thinking about um, that idea of beauty. And for me, that could include food and architecture and culture and all that kind of stuff. I feel like in the last four years, kind of pandemic, post-pandemic, we've stayed really close to home for the most part. And I think if we're not careful, that becomes a habit. And that, I'm talking about myself, my own family right now, but I think that's probably true for a lot of us. And I have this desire for new experiences. You know, like I watch travel shows and I love that. And, and I'm thinking like, it's time for the Millers to get on the road, you know, maybe not on the road, maybe in the air. Back on the road again. Back on the road. But I, I think that that, what, what I find when I travel and have experiences like that that are novel is it inspires my work. It inspires yes. me in all kinds of ways because I'm just seeing through a different lens than I was before. I think the great thing about doing that with a family is that you create shared experiences. Yeah. And nothing is more important to bonding or creating culture than that. Mm -hmm. So the culture inside your family can really benefit from that. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think one of the things that inspires me, and I've done a little bit of it recently, and not as much of it as I wanted this year, is fishing. Ooh. I, I, I want to do more fishing too. I'm going to put that on my list. Well, the good thing about fishing and travel is they can kind of go together. Yeah. Right? So um, a friend of mine, uh, Chris Smith, sent me a photo over the weekend he was in Brazil fishing in the Amazon. Ooh. And I got to show you the picture later. He had this big, colorful fish that he caught that was unbelievable. He texted me like at five in the morning. <laughs> and fortunately, I was up. But um, but yeah, I just, there's something about fishing that for me allows me to exhale. Right. Well, usually you're in a really beautiful environment when you're doing it. Yes. Okay. More fishing. More fishing. 
Okay, question number seven. What's your unique contribution to your family, friends, community, and work? Well, and the truth is, those could be really different answers to each group of people. So I think this is one to sit with for a while and maybe even bring in uh, the opinions of people that you trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just pondering this myself. I don't have a lot yet, but this is a question I want to reflect on. It might be worth actually putting these um, in wherever you take notes. Just put these questions and begin to answer them or work through them on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe one question a day is a journaling prompt. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. Just a thought. Okay, next question, number eight. What commitments guide your decisions and behavior? Yeah. Well, certainly for me, my commitment to my family. Yes. You know, that's number two, right behind God. Mm-hmm. But my commitments, uh, and, and by the way, my commitment to God, that definitely informs what I want to do this next year. Yeah. You know, I was hoping to go to the monastery last week, uh, was not able to go because everybody got COVID at the monastery. But that's more spiritual retreats like that. Mm. This next year, I want to be more intentional about that. Mm -hmm. I felt like the last time I did that, which was this last spring, so it's not like I didn't do it in 23, but in this last spring I did it. And I felt like I was running off the energy spiritually from that for months. Wow. And, And I realized that there's more you can do to stimulate your spiritual activity than sometimes we may think. And sometimes that involves just putting ourselves in another environment that's stimulating. Yeah, like for some people, they might go to like a conference or other kind of retreat. Silent retreat. Yeah, I know. I have uh, good friends that go down to Texas to Laity Lodge a couple times a year. You know, that's kind of their practice. And they often have great speakers that are there. You can just go for a retreat. I've never done that, but I'd love to go. Cool. Okay, so those are commitments that would guide our decisions and behavior. Commitments to family. Mm -hmm. Commitments to friendship. One of the things I did that was related to um, a commitment and fishing was I took three friends fishing in East Tennessee about a month ago. And so we decided collectively that we're going to do that every year, the four of us, and we're going to invite two guests each time. Mm-hmm. So there'll be six of us. And so we felt like that wasn't too many. but it, And it wasn't really, the, the fishing was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But the thing that was the most valuable was the conversations in the evening. Oh, that's cool. Because we literally took hours at dinner and talked. Really deep, meaningful conversations. Okay, so the next question then is, what difference do you want to make in the world? That's a big one. Well, and in this case, you know, that might be through the lens of your work. So what's your mission as a company? You know, what do you want the outcome of that to be? So that's one thing. But then there's also your your personal life. And I think that's a whole other question. Um. We're thinking a lot here at Full Focus and just kind of within our own family about life planning and the future, you know, as it relates to that. And I'm really excited about identifying as a part of that process, what are my personal values? Because I think that kind of goes to the question before, you know, like what what's the basis of your decisions? But also when you think about you have this one life you know, here on earth, like, what do you want the, the impact of that to be? What difference do you want to make? That's a, a really important question to have an answer to. We are taking a bunch of our clients through a process here in December uh, on life planning. Yeah. And we're calling it life focus. 
And I'm super excited about that. You guys will hear more about that because we're going to roll that out as a, as a product in 2024. But it really is coming to grips with why am I here? Why am I on earth? What purpose do I have to accomplish? What's my mission? What are my values? What's my vision for my own life? And I think that, that if people can get clear on that, it is really going to serve them as they, when they come to goal setting mm-hmm. for 2024. Because all that needs to dovetail together. Mm-hmm. You know, you want, you want goals that are authentic uh, and aligned with kind of your life purpose. Yep. So, I can't wait. We're, we're going to do a little beta test with our team here coming up shortly, and I cannot wait for that. Okay, the last question. This may be the most important. What kind of person do you want to become? Now, I want to add a little spin on this. I think who you are is what you habitually or consistently do. So it really comes down to your habits. Now, there are bad habits that we uh, acquire sometimes without a lot of thought, right? They just are like barnacles on a ship that's sailing through the ocean. And these things just kind of show up. Maybe they're drawn by our subconscious or whatever, but we'd like to not have those. But what are the good habits that we could develop? Maybe what are some of the bad habits that we could get rid of that would make us more of the kind of person that we want to be? And if you can define, well, what, is, what are the habits or the attributes of that person, then we can begin to acquire those. Mm-hmm. Not all at once, but systematically over a lifetime, how could I be more of this person I want to be, become? And, and again, I think it, so often it comes down to those, to those habits. That's really interesting. I'm just sitting here thinking the, the first thing that popped into my head when you read this was I want to become kinder as time goes on. You know, someday when I'm on my deathbed and, you know, hopefully surrounded by my kids and grandkids and all that, I hope that one of the things that they say about me is that I was really kind hmm. because I feel like that is a, a critical attribute of Jesus, which personally for me is something that I want to, I want to become more and more like Jesus as I get older and shed anything that doesn't conform to that. And, and so then I'm thinking, well, well, how would you know? Like, how would they know that I was kind? Well, there would be, there are things that really kind people do. Yep. How they treat people. The habits of kindness. There are habits of kindness. And so I, I think becoming that person ultimately looks like kind of, pulling back the onion layers and saying, okay, well, what, what would I do? What would I do? What am I not doing now that I need to do? What am I doing now? But maybe I want to do more of how can I cultivate that in myself so that when people think about me, they think about kindness, not because I want people to think that I'm kind, but because I actually want to be kind. Well, what's cool about this. If you look at somebody you admire and somebody in your case, that's particularly kind Mm -hmm. that can kind of become the avatar or the prototype or the exemplar of kindness, mm-hmm. you could probably say, well, they practice the following habits or they have right. the following habits. For example, I was listening to an interview this morning when I was getting ready with David Brooks uh, being interviewed by Kate Bowler about his new book, which I can't remember the name of, um, but it's all about how do you really know people? You know, not just- Yeah, I saw that title recently. Yeah, that does sound good. Not just kind of superficially, but as, as you're kind of thinking about this epidemic of loneliness that we have. And he was, as I was listening to him talk about it this morning, he was saying, 
part of it is learning how to really see people, like see them, almost behold them in the way that like a mother would look at a child, like that kind of loving Hmm. kindness gaze sort of thing. You know, you can tell when you, when you talk to someone, when they behold you as opposed to just like, they're listening to you because it's the polite thing to do, but they're completely present in the conversation. You feel like the most important person that they are with or could be with, and they give you the gift of their, their undivided attention. You know, there are, there are some things there are some ways of listening and being with people that communicate how precious they are. And that's really what he was talking about. And it was so inspiring to me. It's really good. Well, guys, we've given you 10 questions here and our intent is for this to be kind of like a till on your soul. So you're trying to turn the dirt up and you're kind of get trying to get it ready for planting season, which is coming sooner than you think. But we basically want to unearth those desires, those latent Uh, wishes that we have for this next year and just to begin to think about that and I don't think this doesn't need to be collapsed into an hour or two but I I would really suggest that these become what I said earlier either journal prompts for you or you find a place to record this stuff but don't try to do it all at once you can do it if you want it that way but just in in your morning ritual some other time just begin to answer these questions and, and to begin to excavate your heart and come up with the things that you want for this next year. You're going to be more likely to follow through on them if you do that. These are going to be personally exciting and motivational and will carry you through the messy middle when you encounter it this next year. Hey, before we go, I want to let you know about an amazing offer that we have right now for the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. So, When you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course before the end of the year, so like the countdown is on, folks, you're also going to get a ticket to your Best Year Ever Live, which is our annual goal setting event. So this is so fun. We love doing this every year. I think this is our 10th anniversary of this event where we live. This is all virtual, so you don't have to worry about travel. You don't have to worry about the weather, all that kind of stuff. But you're going to join us virtually, and you will literally go through our proven five-step process to set your annual goals. You're going to get it all done in one day so you can, no matter what, roll into the new year with your set of annual goals. And you're going to get, uh, so you're going to get the ticket to that for free. It's $197 value, but you're also going to get the course, uh, Full Focus Goal Setting Course, so that as you need to refer to that through the year, you have that available to you, which is going to be excellent. So if you're thinking to yourself, okay, now I know more about what I want next year, but I've got to distill that down into a set of actionable goals that I can go accomplish, that I can make good on this. This is what you need to do. You've got to get access to the Full Focus Goal Setting course, as well as your best year ever. Um, And so all you have to do is go to fullfocus.co slash goal setting. That's where you get to pick up your copy of the course and where you're going to get your ticket for your best year ever. So we would love to see you there. We will be teaching that your best year ever. We will interact with you, answer your questions. It's so much fun. You don't want to miss out. It's really a party. It's a New Year's party. I can't wait. It's literally one of my favorite things to do all year. Yep. Okay. See you there.
All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow, you already put them on your Stanley mug? And if you got them them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are gonna be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner, you can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. They're great. great. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. um, And this is going to be $75 off. And you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program, we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now. Shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code HOLIDAY10 to get all these deals and more.